Wellston Insurance, this is Claire Davis. How can I help? Uh, Yes, Claire. This is Ronald Harris. I I was just hoping to touch base about my claim. Is there any news? Things were already a little tight before the accident. Ah, yes, of course, Mr. Harris. I had planned on giving you a call once everything had resolved, but as things stand, it looks like we're going to be able to issue you a check for the full payout. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, there's still a few things to take care of, some I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed, but I can't think of anything that would cause a substantial delay. Just knowing there's a light at the end of the tunnel is great, Claire. Do you have any idea on a timeline? My hope is to get the check in the mail by the end of the week at the latest. If you're in a real pinch, I can see what I can do to expedite it. Oh gosh, the end of the week is is fine. Here I was thinking this was going to drag on for months. I really appreciate your help with all this, Claire. No trouble at all, Mr. Harris. Is there anything else I can help you with? Not that I can think of. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Ah, another satisfied customer, I take it? I certainly hope so. What can I do for you, Mr. Smalling? Please, call me Richard. What was the payout? Well, it took some work and crunching more than a few numbers, but he got the full payout. Sounds like he could really use it. Claire, Claire, Claire. You're such a hard worker. Don't you ever relax? Going the extra mile is exhausting. Well... Not really. You going the extra mile loses this company money, Claire. This company needs profits to pay your salary. But we can't do that if you keep shelling out maximum returns like goddamn candy. Do you understand? Are you threatening to fire me? Threats are made by the powerless. I make promises. Now, stop playing the Good Samaritan so often or I'll see to it that these maximum payouts start to come from your wages. Profits over peasants, Claire. Profits over peasants, Claire. Ugh, what an asshole. Yeah, he's a dick. Don't let him get to you, Claire. I'm just so sick of his bullshit, you know? And that powerless comment? Did you hear that? Someone should show him what it's really like to be powerless. Maybe someday. He definitely has his head pretty far up his own ass, that's for sure. But for now, I'm going to get my powerless self some coffee. Want anything? No thanks. Something tells me the cafe doesn't sell what I'm in the mood for. Episode 3, The Night from Hell, was written by Ian McGowan and voiced by Adam Bauer, Brittany Burke, S. Michael Clericus, Becky Coleman, Katie Higgins, Ian McGowan, Alexa Moore, Emily Roddenbeck, Jen Weinman, Daniel Williams, and Liz Zirkel. All music by Ian McGowan. Jane the Ripper is brought to you by Calamity Cast, produced by Ian McGowan and Daniel Williams, and co-created by Brittany Burke and Ian McGowan. And now, Jane the Ripper, Episode 3, The Night from Hell. Claire sits across from Steve, a pasta dinner and salad in between them. Steve has been a nice change of pace from her previous romantic interest, Carl. After a long day of dealing with Richard's antics, it's nice to come home to dinner on the table. I think I know the silence now. Another great day, I take it? I'm sorry. I'm just wandering around in my head. Yeah, another great day at the office. Honestly, I'm not sure how much longer I'll be able to deal with Dick's management style before I snap. He sounds like an awful person, that's for sure. He's a real greedy bastard. He doesn't exactly have compassion for his fellow person, you know? Some people are just shitty. That's all there is to it. Would you pass the dressing, please? Here you go. And yeah, I suppose some people are just all kinds of terrible, but ugh, just sucks the life out of you, spending so much time around people like that. Maybe it's time to move on. Maybe, but 
I don't know. Aside from him being an ass, it seems like you're in a good spot. I wouldn't want to rustle too many feathers if I were you. Excuse me? Not that you're rustling feathers left and right, obviously. Is it obvious? The way you say it, I'm not so sure. That's not what I meant. I, I only meant that while he's difficult to work with, it's a good job with great benefits. You're good at it. You get to help people. Look, just because you're comfortable where you are doesn't mean I have to stay where I am, all right? Do you mean comfortable or do you mean lazy? Because it sounds like you mean lazy. Don't put words in my mouth, Steve. I don't have to, Claire. It was pretty clear what you meant. And yeah, I am comfortable with the way things are. Things are good. I get a steady paycheck from a job that doesn't stress me out. Maybe the benefits aren't the greatest, but- But heaven forbid you have to actually put some goddamn effort into anything. What the hell is that supposed to mean? All you do is just plod along, day in and day out. Doesn't that bother you? Don't you get bored? It doesn't bother me, but it clearly bothers you. And just because I'm content with where I am doesn't give you the right to shit all over it, you know? I wasn't shitting all over it. I'm just- I'm not looking to change things just for the sake of change, but I just expect more. I don't know, desire and ambition, that's all. Look, let's just finish dinner, okay? Right, sure. Hello? Bristol Police. Maybe he's... Lionel Hunt? Yes, how can I help you? Detectives Morrison Grant. Uh, may we come in? It's best if we speak privately. Right, right, of course. Come in, then. Can I get you anything to drink? Water? Tea? I'll have a water, please. Thanks. Here you are. Now, what's this about, exactly? Lionel, who's at the door? We're in the living room, dear. Oh, hello. Mary, this is Detective Grant and Detective Morris. It might be best if we all had a seat. There's no easy way to say this. There was a murder. I'm very sorry to say this, but Catherine was killed. What? Are you sure? <laughs> My baby. My baby girl. Do you know who did it? Are they in custody? How, how, how did this happen? We're currently putting together a list of suspects, but we don't have anyone in custody at this time. I know this is a difficult time for you both, but do you know anyone who may have wanted to hurt your daughter? Everyone loved Catherine. She was such an angel. Too good for that no-good husband of hers. Reese wasn't exactly the most faithful husband. Catherine ignored it for a while, but finally she'd had enough. So she was planning on leaving him. We've been telling her to leave that idiot for months, but she wouldn't hear it. Then a couple of weeks ago, she caught him with another woman. Again! That was the last straw, thank God. She was supposed to meet with a divorce lawyer this week or next, I think. Do you know if Reese knew that she was going to divorce him? I'm not 100% certain, but he knew she'd had enough of his infidelity. Listen, detectives, our, our entire world has just come crumbling down. Perhaps we could pick this up later. Yes, yes, of course. Thank you for your time. We're very sorry for your loss. If you need to reach us, here's my card. Call anytime. It sounds like we need to pay this Mr. Waters a visit. No kidding. And if he's the jealous type, there's our motive.
Liam and Holly wind their way through a subdivision about 30 minutes outside of downtown. These are the houses with white picket fences, perfectly manicured lawns, and two-car garages. The kind of houses that exude perfect families and perfect lives. Do you think you could ever live in a neighborhood like this, Holly? Not on our salaries. Maybe on your new salary, though, Mr. Boss Man. Honestly, I, uh, I haven't decided on the promotion yet. The last thing I want to do is take it and then realize I hate it, you know? I'd be careful, Liam. Neville isn't going to wait around forever. What did Wendy say? I was just asking about hypothetical homeownership. How did this become about me? Fine, fine. You win. No more promotion talk. Your kindness knows no bounds. So why the hypothetical in the first place? You and Wendy getting serious enough for you to be asking my advice on real estate? You know I'm not licensed, right? I just like looking at houses online. I'm ignoring that. I just mean it's too quiet out here for me. Too far away from everything interesting. I don't know. I can't say I'd mind living in a quieter part of the city. I imagine it would be easier to decompress and detach from the hustle and bustle. Yeah, that's fair. Not sure there's enough character or personality out here for my liking. You're surrounded by chain restaurants for crying out loud. Ugh. Here, what's the address? 2123 Chariot. Just up ahead. There it is. Not every place has to be some diamond in the rough, Liam. I bet a neighborhood like this is great to raise a family. Yes? Can I help you? Yes, ma'am. I'm Detective Grant. This is Detective Morris. Is Mr. Reese Waters in? We just have a few questions about an incident that occurred earlier in the week. Uh, sure, sure. Just a sec. Reese? The police are here? They have a few questions about something that happened this week? Well, I'll invite them in then. Come on in. The detectives are led through a modestly decorated home. The hallway into the living room features a replica of Starry Night, as well as a handful of smaller pieces of art. Reese sits on the sofa reading the newspaper, occasionally glancing up at a nice flat-screen television glued to financial programming on mute. Reese, this is Detective... Grant. And this is Detective Morris. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name, Miss... Jessica. Perhaps it's best if we spoke in private, Mr. Waters. The incident concerns your wife. You mean soon-to-be ex-wife? Just please. Detectives, anything you need to say can be said in front of Jessica. Very well. Mr. Waters, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but your wife was murdered. Oh my gosh! What? When? How? She was stabbed near the farmer's market in the early morning hours two days ago. Mr. Waters, we know this is a difficult time, but would you mind if we asked you a few questions? Maybe another time. No, no, no. It's all right. Just ask your questions, detectives. Were you aware that Mrs. Waters was going to ask you for a divorce? Ask me? I was the one who suggested it in the first place. Things have been deteriorating between us for a long time. She and I, well, we just grew into different people. When I started seeing Jessica, I wanted to make it work with Catherine, but I, I just couldn't. Eventually, Catherine found out. No secret stays buried forever. Look, detectives, I'm no homewrecker, and Reese is no playboy. Although, if you've spoken to her parents, I'm sure you heard otherwise. Mr. Waters, please forgive the question, but I have to ask. Can someone verify your whereabouts Tuesday night? What? You think I did this? You think I killed my wife? He was at my apartment, detectives, with me, sound asleep. We both had a long day and went to a happy hour at Weatherman's after work to relax. Reese, in particular, seemed hellbent on relaxing the night away. Plenty of people can vouch for us there. We'll just need a list of their names. Sure, of course. I'll go grab pen and paper. Mr. Waters, did Catherine have any enemies at all? Had she been threatened recently? Catherine? Catherine was a saint. I can't think of anyone who would want to hurt her. We may not have had the greatest relationship, especially toward the end, but she was such a sweetheart. 
an absolute gem. Here you are, detectives. Names and numbers of people from the happy hour. Thank you. I'm sure this is enough for now. If you think of anything else, please don't hesitate to call. Here's my card. I'll show you out. Detectives, it's never glamorous being the other woman, but I wouldn't wish this on anyone, let alone Catherine. I hope you find her killer. The gym-loving male nurse hottie managed to win the heart of the spunky blue-haired web designer Maggie? Join us every other week to discover if this unlikely pair will have their happily ever after or fizzle out in the end. Love and Lust Season 1 is available for your listening enjoyment now at CalamityCast.com or anywhere you find podcasts. Grant, Morris, what's new on this murder case? We interviewed the family. Seems like she was a lovely girl, no enemies, not even a jealous husband. There wasn't any love lost between them, but there seemed to be an understanding. The way he put it, he and Catherine were on the same page about the state of their relationship. Although they were getting divorced, he told us that he suggested it. Maybe your parents weren't up to date on the state of their relationship. The way they put it, Catherine made it seem like she was leaving him. When in reality, he was leaving her for the woman he'd been having an affair with for some time, a Jessica Boudreau. Miss Boudreau is his alibi for the night of the murder. And based on our interviews with the folks at the bar they went to, both she and Reese were more than a little inebriated when they left. Reese quite literally fell into the taxi. Charming. All of this to say we still don't have much to go on. There are a few more names to check out, but nothing promising. I can't overstate how important this case is, detectives. With the media being as provocative as they are, we're under tremendous pressure from my bosses and the public to get this case closed quickly. Let me know as soon as you have any new information. Well, we've talked to the family and we've talked to the spouse. One of us should head down to her job. Maybe something will turn up there. The other can hound forensics, see if they have any new information. Dibs on forensics. Hopefully I can speed things along. Hey Bob, it's Holly. Any update on the Waters case? Hey Holly, I'm glad you called. I was just working on the report. Given that the cut along the throat starts on the left side and ends on the right, the perp is definitely right-handed. Lovely, as is most of the world. Anything else? Yep, time of death between 12.30 and 4 a.m. That's something at least. I know you didn't find any fingerprints or hairs, but what about fibers? Anything unique? Sorry, no, nothing out of the ordinary. Everything on the victim came from mass production. With the constant rain, a lot of potential evidence was likely washed away by the time we arrived. Sorry I don't have anything better for you, Holly. I'll let you know if anything else turns up. Shit, shit, shit. Across the city, Liam heads toward the Fighting Mongeese, local pub and employer of Catherine Waters. Another gray day in Bristol, and more drizzle falling from the sky. Despite his best efforts, he always found the rain to be oppressive.
there. What can I get you? Detective Morris from Bristol PD. Do you recognize this woman? Oh, sure. That's Catherine. She in some sort of trouble? I'm afraid I can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Would you mind if I asked you a few questions about her? Sure, of course. Was she working on Tuesday? Yeah, she closed up. Bar shuts down at midnight, and she was out of here by 12.30. Did she walk or drive, do you know? She walked. I don't know where exactly, but I think she said her apartment is only like a 20 to 25 minute walk from here. Has she worked here long? I think four or five years. I've been here for three and a half, and I know she's been here longer than I have. What about the staff and owners? Is she well-liked? Oh, most definitely. Very well-liked, if you catch my drift. There were a couple servers who were really into her. She went on a few dates with the manager, too. And when was this? Maybe two months back. I'm not 100% sure. Nothing ever came of it, as far as I know. I love the girl, but I never knew her to stay with anyone for very long. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Nice save. Did her dating around bother the servers or the manager? Not that I knew. I think that was part of her charm. Very carpe diem kind of gal. Never let too much bother her. And what about her husband? Husband? You didn't know she was married? Sure was married. Past tense. She'd been separated for a while. Not sure how long, but definitely long enough for her to feel comfortable dating. No chance of reconciliation, I don't think. I see. Well, I think that's all I have. I'll need the names of those servers and the manager, if you don't mind. Sure thing. The manager is Brian Ramsey, and the servers were Tommy Miller and Luke Broxton. Thanks. If you think of anything else, let me know. This is Detective Grant. Hey, Holly, it's Liam. I just wrapped up at the bar, but I gotta run. It's my turn to cook for Wendy. Ooh. What's on the menu, Chef Morris? Chicken Parmesan. And I still have to stop by the store. Well, don't let me keep you. We can catch up tomorrow and trade notes. Liam bustles through the kitchen, trying not to look nervous. Chicken Parmesan isn't that complicated, but having Wendy oversee everything is an added layer of pressure. Almost finished. I hope you like it. Ah, here we are. And a glass of red for you, my dear. Why, thank you, kind sir. Liam, this looks absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for cooking tonight. And in the midst of what I'm sure is another tough day, you spoil me. I enjoy cooking for you. I enjoy cooking in general, actually, but often make the mistake of waiting until I'm starving to get started. Hence, all the TV dinners. Well, if this tastes as good as it looks, you can cook for me anytime. Oh, I don't think you told me. Whatever happened with the promotion? I, um, I told Neville I needed more time to think on it. Oh? Did you want to talk about it? It would be a big change, moving from my current role to full-time desk duty. I'm sure I'd like the salary bump, but... I don't know, I'm not sure that's enough to convince me to take it. Well, it was kind of Neville to give you more time. I think you have some valid concerns, but, well, opportunities like this don't grow on trees, Liam. I know, I know. And it would be a great move with an eye toward our future, but... Our future? Well, yeah, do you not think... <laughs> Relax, I'm just teasing. I think it's cute you think about that. I do too. 
Anyway, I feel like I'm pulling teeth getting you to talk about the promotion, so we can move on to something else. Like this recipe. I would like to thank the internet, with a few tweaks from yours truly. Color me impressed. I can follow directions, jeez. Had me fooled. You know I'm kidding. You'd better be, or else this will be the last time I cook for you. Liam and Wendy talked long into the night over a bottle of wine and growing affection for one another. Soon the night turned into day, and Liam was back to the grind of tracking down a cold-blooded murderer. I hope you got better information out of forensics in the M.E. than I did from her job. At first it felt promising. Catherine had been seeing other people, including her manager, and a couple of servers from the bar. Well, that doesn't seem to align with the picture her family painted, nor Reese. Exactly my thinking. But after talking to them, there was nothing more to it. All of them had alibis for the night of the murder, and none of them really seemed too torn up about her ending things with them. I did get a better timeline for the night of the murder, though. She closed up at midnight and left the bar at 12.30. That goes along with the window for time of death. The coroner's report said between 12.30 and 4 a.m. Our killer is likely right-handed, but most of the world is right-handed, so that's not exactly super helpful. Shit. Anything else? What about the city cameras? The footage isn't really helpful. Not only was the best angle relatively useless, but both Catherine and her attacker were wearing dark clothes. It was hard to see much, even after the images were enlarged and enhanced. This isn't looking good, Liam. In the year 2100, the Earth's cybernetically enhanced population threatened to tear down everything America held dear. Free speech, drive through liquor stores, and guns. So many guns. After much deliberation, it was decided that, if America and its superior values were to survive the coming robocalypse, there was only one option. Get the fuck out. The next hundred years saw the construction of Space America, the galaxy's newest and brightest star. If you value adventure, good times, and cyborg fistfights, find your place in Space America. Space America. No cyborgs need apply. Subscribe to Space America on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or check out CalamityCast.com. Claire sits alone in the dovetail, sipping her drink. She loved her sister, but she was 100% certain that Abigail missed out on all the punctuality genes. Sorry. Sorry, I'm late. Again. Yes, Claire, again. It's like you don't know me at all. Good to see you too, by the way. How's things? Where's the waiter? Things are... Hold on. That's not your normal drink. You only drink whiskey when you're sad. Steve and I got into an argument last night. Oh no. What about? Excuse me, miss. Can I get you something to drink? You absolutely can. I'd love a gin and tonic, please. Thanks so much. Coming right up. Well, you know, I'm not exactly happy at my job. Not happy? You hate it there. So we were talking and I mentioned looking for work somewhere else. And he was just... He just wants me to play it safe. You know, like the benefits are good and all that. But you know what? He's had the same job for almost half his life. I want something better. Yeah, Steve doesn't exactly strike me as the most ambitious of men. Which is exactly what I said. I called him out on it and he didn't take it very well. And now I feel bad because I was really just taking my shitty day out on him. And 
Hopefully I can smooth things over at the film festival later. I don't know, Claire. I can't say I feel bad for him. He's so boring. He doesn't have any major goals in life. Claire, he's just not good enough for you. Oh, just stop it! You've never liked him anyway. How can I take you seriously? It's not like you've ever been with anyone for more than a drunken night or two. Jesus, what the hell's gotten into you, Claire? <sighs> oh God, Abby, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just, I don't know. I've just been under so much stress lately. Forgive me. All right, all right, you're forgiven. You really must be stressed to flip like that on your baby sister. You have no idea. Well, fortunately, I have the cure for that. The way I see it, you have three options. These. Are you serious? Drugs? Yes, MDMA. It's amazing. Don't knock it. Second option, more booze. That seems far more likely. Or third option, sex. Personally, I'd recommend all three, depending on how good Steve is in the sack. You are outrageous. Sometimes I wonder if we're truly related. Same here, big sister. What time is the festival? It started at 7, but it goes nearly all night. I think we're planning on catching a couple short films and a documentary on the environment. Wow, you two sure know how to party. All right, all right. Enough about me and my sad life. How's your week been? Fairly standard. Spending my days in the lab, my nights forgetting about my days in the lab. You know, they don't warn you about the monotony of science. Want another drink? I probably shouldn't. My cheeks are already so red I can feel them. Suit yourself. Excuse me? Yes? Another gin and tonic, please. And thanks. I know I made that shitty comment about you sleeping around earlier. Shitty is one word for it. But are you seeing anyone? I think the last name I remember is Alex. Oh god, Alex? I haven't seen him in ages. He took some postdoc fellowship somewhere in Iceland. Reykjavik, I think. We'll go with that. It's the only city I know in Iceland, and also the only one I can pronounce. No, I've kind of been seeing this guy, Charlie. He's a musician. Gigs around town a lot. Ooh, musician. What's he play? You gonna be his muse? First of all, he'd be damn lucky to have me as his muse. And second, he plays guitar and sings. Standard stuff. What kind of music? Folk? Rock? I... I don't know, honestly. We've only ever met up after he's finished a gig. Ha-ha! <laughs> oh my goodness. I refuse to deny myself sexual release, big sister. Alright, that's my cue. It's getting close to the showtime for the environmental doc. I really should head to the festival and meet up with Steve. Okay. In all seriousness, if you like him, I like him. No, you don't. No, I don't. You're right. But I can at least act like it. Thanks, Abby. I appreciate that. Right. I'm off. Have a good night. Text me when you get home, please. Sure thing, Mom. You'd think I'd be used to it by now. Ugh, the dark isn't so bad, but I hate the rain. Claire heads the few blocks towards the art gallery hosting the film festival. The rain is steady, but at least the wind is practically non-existent. A quick look at her phone shows the time. The next showing is in ten minutes. Ah, shit, now I'm the one who's gonna be late. Please be delayed, please be delayed, please be delayed. Oh, excuse me, miss. Can I help? 
Uh, yeah, I hope. Can you tell me if the show has started yet, the documentary on the environment? Oh, I'm afraid so. The next one isn't until tomorrow afternoon. Steve's gonna kill me. Uh, we do have a few other films still playing tonight. Uh, would you like a schedule? Sure. Yeah, might as well see if there's anything else that strikes our fancy. Claire wanders the art gallery while she waits for the schedule, checking out posters for the other films. There's a documentary on a local astrophysicist, another on a soccer team from a war-torn country, as well as a couple short films. One a romance, the other a horror film shot in first person. Quite the selection this year, I think. They certainly are varied. Hey, don't I know you? You look familiar. Oh, that's right, right, from the other night. I served you and your friends at the bar. Claire, right? Wow, good memory. Well, I'd hardly be good at my job without one, would I? Are you here with your sister as well, or her boyfriend? Waiting on my boyfriend. I feel awful. I'm usually on time, but I got here just after the last showing of that environmental documentary started. Steve really wanted to see that. I'm sure he wouldn't be too bothered by it. Normally, I'd agree with you, but we had a fight the other day, and I was really hoping we could use this to smooth things over. <laughs> Not sure why I'm telling you all this. Is he normally late? No. He's usually on time. Shit. He's probably still upset with me. Yeah, I'm sure it'll blow over. Maybe he just needs a little more time. You two will be fine. Yeah, I'm sure it's nothing. Would you just excuse me for a minute? Hello, Claire? He hasn't shown up yet. What? Who hasn't? Steve? The film was supposed to start a while ago, but I was late, and I couldn't get tickets, and he wasn't here waiting for me, and he hasn't texted or called. I don't think he's coming, Abby. What a jerk! I told you he's not good enough for you. I know. I know. You were right. Uh, darling, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rub it in. You're fine, Abby. What do I do? Come back to the bar. I'll buy your drinks for the rest of the night. We'll forget all about stupid Steve. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Okay, I'll be there soon. Perfect. I'll have a whiskey cocktail waiting for you, love. See you soon. Everything okay? Yeah, fine. Thanks. Listen, have a good night. I think I'm gonna head out. You too. Take care of yourself, Claire. Rain. Claire steps out into the dark, rainy night, heading back to meet her sister and drown her sorrows. The streets are poorly lit, some of the streetlights completely broken, while one flickers on and off as she starts to shiver ever so slightly. Jesus Christ, seriously? Easy, Claire. You're just hearing things. Ugh, turn off your brights. You can barely see as it is. Help! Anybody, please help me! Ah! Just then, Claire falls to the ground right as a steel blade grazes her neck. She tries to roll go. away from her attacker, no, but it's no use. Help, she struggles to fight them off. Let me go! Take whatever you want! Just let me go! Ah! Her attacker lands a stabbing blow to Claire's abdomen, ripping the blade out to attack once more, as Claire fights back with all her might. Please, somebody! Help! Claire knocks the blade away from her attacker, then kicks as hard as she can, knocking them backwards and off of her. She rolls over, struggling to her feet. Desperately, she tries to run, but she's losing so much blood. Please, anyone! She makes her way to the street and stumbles to the ground. Please, someone. Miss? Please. Miss, are you okay? My name is Detective Morris. Can you tell me? Jesus, we've got to get you to the hospital.
Miss, I'm gonna get you to the hospital, okay? Can you tell me your name? Claire. Dave. Claire? Claire! Stay with me, Claire! This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>